Hey there, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm Adam Tarno. I totally threw John a curveball because he is not used to that intro. The space-time continuum has just it. been... I nailed that intro, and you know I did. That was solid. We're supposed to say something at this point, and I'm just trying to catch my footing here, but I yeah, know. so we are... What the audience can't see is you sat here, <laughs> mouth open, just in awe of that artistry that happened right there in front the, of you. Because people, people will binge this, and I they're know. used to... There's a... There's, there's a, a cadence. And it just... Someone just pulled over and wrecked or something, I so know. we're sorry. Send your bill... Have your agent call Adam Tarno. So, hey, it's good to be with you, brother. Good to be with you, too. Um, so today... We're You've gonna... done a great job on the other episodes, by the way. Thank you. Without so you. Took I... the training wheels off. It's great. You were doing awesome. Thank you. Uh, Did anybody you... email? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I mean, to miss you? or No, no, that... no, no. Oh. no. Yeah, just... <laughs> With any other feedback? No, or, yes, it's still coming uh, in. That's it's still awesome. coming. It's been it's been fun. We've had some great guests. I miss you know you don't have a watermark email address, so you're a little harder to get a hold of these days. But yeah. uh, it's fun to be with you uh, today. It always is, uh, Adam. So uh, we were at a marriage ministry event. Yes, that you and I were not in charge of, which no, was kind of that was, was kind of awesome. <laughs> it's kind of fun. It was like thank you, Lance. Yeah, and <laughs> so it was really fun. We got to eat desserts and talk to people, and we didn't have to clean up or any of that. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. And you did a talk on optimism. Yeah. And I, I thought the talk was okay. <laughs> and I came up to you afterwards. I was like, hey, Adam, you know, very average talk. But you know what? I think this would make a great, great podcast. Great podcast. Yeah. Uh, actually, I didn't say that. But um, it was a good talk. But it was there was a sense. Pam, my wife, sitting next to me. She goes, that'd be a great podcast. And I, I agreed. And so uh, so that's what I wanted to talk about today. Yeah. Just um, ask you to kind of share some of the things that you have been learning and thinking about. Um, so first question is, how did you even come to kind of pick this as a topic? Why, yeah. why optimism? I mean, because it is the complete opposite of me, honestly, in many ways, <laughs> okay. which I shared in that talk that night. I mean, I, anybody that knows me, I, when I told my wife, I'm going to teach at this event. I think I'm going to teach on optimism. She kind of looked at me the way you looked at me when I just did that new intro. She was like, really? That's interesting. Um, because it's just not part of my personality. Normally, I talk about optimism on a scale or a spectrum. If pessimism is a one and optimism is a 10, I wake up every day at about a four and a half. Yeah. And as I get older, it's going, it's trending in the wrong yeah. direction. So uh, pessimism is easy for me. And there are a few times in my life where maybe it has, uh, has helped a few things. You know, it made me a good accountant. I was going to say, the accountants are not known for being optimistic. Uh, yeah, usually those are, the, those are the ones that go to jail. <laughs> creative accounting. Yeah, yeah. creative accountants so creative. and things like that. So, um, but, I, okay, so the last uh, 13 months, it's been, it's been an interesting 13 months for everybody. And so I think for the first time in my life, really, I started to encounter some people that were optimistic over this last season when, let's be honest, there was not, at least from my perspective, not a lot of opportunity or uh, reason to be optimistic. But yet I was meeting people who were still optimistic and it didn't seem contrived. Yep. Uh, they hadn't been drinking all day. They, they weren't on drugs as far as I knew. They just genuinely seemed to have a hope regardless of what was going on and as I described that night, I, I've almost like this jealousy of just going, there's a part of me that would be better. Or I, if there's something I wish I could change about my life, it's this, I wish I could, that there was just a switch that I could flip and I could go from being generally pessimistic to generally optimistic. And these were people that I had seen. Some of them had a faith background. Some of them didn't have a faith background that I knew of. Cause mm -hmm. I was meeting them maybe in a professional context, but I was seeing the the importance or the result of optimism and how helpful it was. And so it just got me thinking uh, about 
about all that. And, uh, and I thought it makes it, yeah, it does. I think it really does play very well on a leadership podcast because this is one of these skills right now that I think are going to be really important for leaders, especially as we move into this, what maybe, I don't know, is this post pandemic or at least we're comfortable with the pandemic right now. We're all, we're all kind of beyond the sun starting to come out a little bit. Yeah. We're about to, yeah, the calendar in some respect is, you know, the the pages are going to turn here and there's going to be the, the next, whatever this season is. That's right. Uh, I love that. I mean, which I think is really that in of itself is a, you know, is a leadership lesson, just paying attention to something. Um, how, how do I feel when I'm with certain people? Why is that, you know, what do I need to learn? What do I need to tweak that in of itself would be worth the five minutes they've already invested in this podcast. So, um, Let's just stay with that for just for a second yeah. about the the why first. So we're going to talk about kind of, you know, how to have it and all those kind of things. But why do you think it's important for leaders to have optimism? Yeah. I, and I'll use language uh, that I've heard you use over the year that over the years that leaders uh, are living in a preferred future yeah. or you're envisioning a preferred future before everybody else. So you've lived in this in this world in the future and now you're coming back to the present time and you're saying, come on, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Well, I think anybody who is following another leader wants to know that where this leader wants to take you is generally going to be better than today, or at least um, hopeful, right? And this idea of hope, I think really optimism and hope are probably pretty closely connected. And what we know that Proverbs tells us that hope deferred makes a heart sick. I think there's been a lot of sick hearts uh, in our our culture over the last 13, 15 months. And so that importance of going, Hey, we can, we can go to the future. Uh, we can start moving in this direction and it's going to be good. I, I think it's going to be helpful for everybody. So I think that's why it's important just to have that tone of optimism to go, Hey, I want to take us somewhere and where we want, where we're going to go is going to be better than better. where we've been or where we are right now. Yeah. Everyone wants to be on that team that yeah. in that church. Um, no one wants to be at the church, the team, the organization that's, Hey guys, we're, you know what we're trying to do today? Hang on. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, not close the doors. No. And uh, yeah. that's not very compelling. But guys, I, I've been to where, and I can see in my mind where we're going. And uh, that generally is uh, what optimism looks like yep. kind of with wheels on. Right. Yeah, so I think, I think that's one. Uh, I think too, those who are optimistic um, become very comfortable with taking risks. So they're, they're not risk averse because uh, even if, even if we fail, we're going to learn something like yeah. it's going to work out great either way, either the thing that we tried, you know, uh, does exactly what we hoped it would do. That would be really fun. If not, we're going to figure out one way not to do that. We're going to learn from something and uh, we'll make it better next time. Yeah. So what, what do we have to lose? Yeah. And so I think those who are optimistic are very, very comfortable with risks, not crazy risk, but like measured risks and aren't as, you know, as a result kind of uh, afraid of failure. Like, yeah. There's nothing, nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, They're going to be more creative in their decisions and in their potential solutions. And I think that risk and that creativity yeah. go hand in hand. Well, as I well. think solutions would be that. I think there, yeah. there's a solution orientedness, right? So someone who is not optimistic goes, oh shoot, we're doomed. Yeah. You know, we're going to have to close the doors. It's over. And someone who's optimistic just by nature feels like there has to be a solution to this. Yep. And when you believe that most oftentimes you find that. And so, yeah, those are the kind of people that you'd want to have on your team. Those are the kind of people that you'd want to follow. And, uh, and so I think it's really important. This is a really important topic yeah. always and definitely right now. And maybe even one more thought on, on why it's important as a leader. Cause let's say maybe the future is very uncertain and everybody knows it's uncertain. So even if you start to paint a picture of a good future, everybody's sitting there going, I'm not buying any of that. Let's yeah. say, let's say that's a scenario. I think the power of optimism is also the ability to look at what is today with a slightly different lens, right? Because there's, 
there's always a couple of ways, and we'll talk about this here in a second, there's always multiple ways to look at a situation. And it's not looking for the silver lining, it's, it's maybe instead of asking what went wrong, it's even asking the simple question of what did we learn? Yep. You know, not rather than asking, well, who's to blame for this and why did this happen? It's, uh, huh, how's this gonna make us better? Um, you know, what, what's something that, that this is going to, how's this going to add value to us as a team or an organization or a family or whatever it is. So I think the, the leader that's optimistic isn't always in the future going, it's going to be better, but they, sometimes they have the ability to, to look at today with a slightly different lens that would cause everybody to go, huh, you're right. You know, maybe, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not yep. all doom and gloom right yep. now, which I think is, you know, incredibly helpful. Yes. And that, yeah, again, that is who you want close to you. Um, or, and definitely, you know, by proxy, that's who you want to be. Yeah. And that's, that's the gift you want to give uh, to everyone else. So, uh, the talk, you know, kind of this above average talk, uh, <laughs> it was I a, love that. it was a great no, talk. We're staying it with it. A great talk. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you send me five bucks and I'll give you a, a bootleg <laughs> copy of it. It'll, it'll change your life. Um, and so, okay. So there was three things you shared, just kind of, you know, things that you're learning about optimism and I, and I wasn't sure, you know, so now you don't have a watermark email address. Are we going to go like Tony Robbins? And, yeah. uh, so where, where are we going to start? <laughs> so I sat there, arms crossed going, what, what's, you know, what's coming. And, uh, and I was super encouraged. So, uh, the very first thing you said, Adam was, um, what that you were learning about optimism was number one, that it is a reasonable choice. What do you mean by that? That's right. It's biblical. Right. And I think I, I shared the example of, um, by dumb luck, my family and I, anybody that's not in Texas knows in early February, mid-February, we had the massive ice storm here and the, you know, the state shut down and yep. all that kind of stuff. By dumb luck, my family and I and two other families, we got on one of the last flights out of Dallas the Saturday before that storm came in because we had planned a trip back in January to go spend some time in Orlando. You got out of town too, by I, the way, which yes. you reminded me of around that same yeah. time. So anyway... Some of this was uh, when we were down there, we went to Disney World and we went to Universal Studios and my experience was so different in both of those parks, you, you know, but there was so much that was the same. Both, both were amusement parks, both had rides, both had lines, overpriced food. You had to wear masks, had these characters, you know, that, that we had seen on TV and movies and all this kind of stuff, but they felt so different. And as I was flying home, just trying to figure out why did they feel so different? And Disney, I, really, I think it boiled down to tone that Disney kept this optimistic tone in all of their communication and made you really feel like even if the pandemic never ends, we're going to be okay. Yep. And we'll gladly take your money while it's going to be okay. And <laughs> we're going to be okay. Yeah. Anyway. And, and universal as similar as it was felt so different. It was like, if this pandemic goes on one more day, Voldemort comes back, right. Is, is this feeling <laughs> that it, that we had. And so I was just trying to make the argument there that it's not just good business as we're going to see, it really is grounded in scripture. It's yeah. biblical. And it's all, it is a reasonable choice to choose to look at your circumstances differently or to choose to look at the future with hope is not unreasonable. It's not, you're not disconnected from reality to make that choice. And we went through and, you know, we'll, we'll put the, the links to these in the show notes, uh, but you, you can just real quickly go to second Corinthians four, uh, 17 and 18, Romans eight eighteen Revelation 22, 12, Revelation, uh, Revelation 21, four. And you just, th those were just four quick references as we looked at God's word to go, um, like God is sovereign. Uh, Jesus is coming back. Um, we're promised an eternity with him where there's going to be no more tears. Our future is pretty well secure and incredibly bright. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and those scriptures are preserved for us, not to annoy us, but to comfort us, not to shame us, but to comfort us yeah, that's right. and to go, no matter what you're facing today, it's going to be okay. And so you can, you can rest knowing and have hope that the future 
um, is going to be better than today. So yeah. it's not unreasonable to be optimistic. And even Paul there in Second Corinthians talked about even when we are in eternity, we're going to look at these circumstances that maybe we're tempted to be pessimistic, have a pessimistic tone or viewpoint on, and we're going to understand that those were light and momentary. Yeah. Uh, compared to the eternity that we're going to have with him. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. So now that you, you, know, you didn't have a watermark email address, I didn't know if you're going to tell me to look in the mirror and just like recite something. <laughs> or, uh, you're like, hey, this is reasonable, guys. Yeah. And uh, Jesus is on his throne. He's coming back. We, we win. I mean, you know, we're on the winning team anyway, and we might lose. You know, we might lose a battle or two. We, we win the war. That's yep. how this ends. Yeah. And I was thinking about those who are, you know, in the, just the trenches of the church, and they're trying to make disciples just the promise in Matthew 28 that, that Jesus is going to be with us. Yep. As he left, he said, as you guys go and make disciples, I will be with you to the very end of the age. Yep. So I'm, I'm with you. So we can be optimistic because we, we don't walk out onto the playground alone. Jesus is by our side. And, um, and it's not, we're not blind. We don't just psych ourselves up. It's a grounded, reasonable uh, optimism. Yep. I, I thought that was fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, the next one was, um, number one, it's a reasonable choice. Number two is it grows as we trust God. So optimism grows as we trust God. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, I, I, as I was getting ready for that message and got into Romans 15, I just read this verse here and it's quick and I can just read it. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Hmm. So joy and peace, I think, would be some signs that you are hopeful and optimistic about the future. So may the God of hope fill you with those things. And how is he going to fill you with those things as you trust in him? And then we'll talk about this here in a second so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I, I just saw this connection there that I think was pretty clear that our optimism is going to flow or come from our trust in God. As we trust God more, we're going to be more hopeful about the future. Um, as we trust God more, we're, we know the the less we forget that he's with us, right? Yeah. That he has made that promise. And so we can look at our circumstances differently. We can be hopeful about the future um, because we know uh, we know that he's with us and, and that he's one. And so as we trust him more, optimism grows. And, and I think I, as I was looking at my own life and what I'm learning there is that if I am struggling to be optimistic about something, that really is a stubbornness not to not to lean into God uh, in the midst of those situations. And I, I've just seen that that little formula play out in my life. And it even uh, uh, makes it sound uh, worse by calling it a formula. It's just it's true. Right. That if I'm not spending time with the Lord, then my optimism is going to go down. Those two things are just they're they're linked. And so yeah. it's good just to remind ourselves of that. And so there's a sense it's almost like, you know, being in the weight room and yeah. the more you you know, uh, the more you work out, the bigger your muscles get, the, the more you can work out even, you know, uh, with heavier weights. And, and I think it's the same thing. The more you, uh, trust God, the more optimistic you become, which allows you then to take bigger risk and become more optimistic yep. and trust God even more. And there's this kind of compounding, uh, effect of that. And you can see, you can spot it in people yeah. that didn't just wake up just this morning and have a really great cup of coffee and decide to be optimistic. That's exactly right. right. That, that, that person is having a good day. Uh, but there's something about a life of trust in God. Yep. And, you know, one, two, 10, 20, 30 years. That person is fun to be around. That's somebody you want to follow, which is the kind of people that we want to be uh, as we just kind of lean into whatever gifts that God gave yep. us. So um, interesting question. Uh, today I was talking to a friend and we we're talking about just this, this whole idea of abiding every day and what do you do? What questions do you ask? And, uh, and so he shared a list of questions, but one of them, uh, just as I read this, I remembered was where did I not trust God today? Mm. So for him as a spiritual practice, he looked 
back on his, you know, his day each day and go, you know, where did I miss out on an opportunity to trust God? Yep. You know, where did I take matters in my own hand or where did I just kind of go, uh, I'm not going to believe this about God. And uh, I think that would not only reading scripture, but asking where am I not trusting yep. God? Where, where did I not trust God? Uh, would be just be a great, a great practice and a great way to trust God so that you uh, grow in your optimism. And so. listen, let's pick on our own tribe here for a second. Let's okay. pick on those who proclaim to be followers of Jesus. And I don't want to name names, but I was surprised over the last 13 months at how many emails, text messages, little side conversations I had with other Christians reading the headlines and reading them mm. and being so depressed and sounding like Eeyore, like, oh my God, can you believe? Did you see this? You know, oh, here's another one, you know, and um, almost like watching the replay of a game where they already know the outcome. <laughs> and during the replay of the game, they're getting frustrated and depressed and you're going, your team wins. Like there's no, uh, yeah, that's a, that was an unfortunate interception, but it didn't change the outcome of the game, right? Do you know, so, any, do you know anybody that might have done that ever before? Uh, you? <laughs> no, you with the Clemson game. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. If I watched the replay, yes. Um, oh, did you I know, was, was very that? nervous watching the original game uh, when they won in 2019 or the last time they beat Alabama. But And it would be crazy if me watching that game again, if I experienced the same negative emotions while yeah. watching that game when I already know the outcome, yeah. right? It would be a very enjoyable experience right now watching it again going, oh, that first down means nothing because they yeah. didn't score in the second half. You know, just little details like that. But um, but I, I, I still think that there were those like, um, let me throw a should out there. I mean, I think as followers of Jesus, we should have the corner on the optimism yeah. market, yeah. right? I'll, I'll go back and look at the all the scripture we just talked about. Like we have a... We have very solid reasons for our optimism. And uh, I don't know if ever, you know, if our tribe, if it was our best 13 months. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It, it, with the way that we were reacting to headlines and certain things and just like, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe. And um, and so there's, I, I don't know, you know, so I, I think, again, we saw how important this is in, in leadership, and I don't know if we were all trusting God. Yeah. Right? Well, let me speak for myself. I don't know if I was always trusting God in the midst of those 13 months. Yeah, it's good. I, I think I messed up your illustration. So for those of you that, um, you know, didn't catch it, it when you know the end, mm-hmm. you just watch, you watch it all go down in a very, very different way. Yeah. Right. And so uh, yesterday, in fact, my kids are into Formula One. Are you watching Formula One? No, but on, I, on I mean, I, I'm familiar with it as, through my NASCAR. It is. Uh, <laughs> past NASCAR life. <laughs> you go, you go to Clemson, you watch NASCAR. Yeah. Um, so my, you know, my boys are all about it. And yesterday, um, they, they tried to turn off all their notifications and one of my sons knew how the race ended. Yeah. Right? So now he's watching it really, uh, we're delayed. He's watching it, but he knows how it ends. Yeah. Right. And so he doesn't know, I mean, there's got, you know, all the drama of a race and, you know, uh, people passing and now you're, you know, in seventh place, how are you going to win? And he doesn't know all he, he has no idea how it's going to resolve. He just knows that his guy is going to win, yes. you know, and that, that's how I think rather than maybe even knowing watching a football game and knowing all the plays for all the quarters, it's like, we just, we just got that little ESPN alert that says your, your team wins. Yeah. Now we're going to be a little bit surprised on how all the ups and downs, the details, yes, but we don't have to freak out. That's right. And uh, and man, that just there should be a settledness uh, to watch that game, or in this case, uh, to go through life. And it's a really it's a great metaphor. And I th- I thought of you when you shared that story um, the other night. <laughs> I was just thinking about you, just you know, yelling and screaming at the TV. It would be and, crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, just, so it's like really I'm sure your son really enjoyed watching the end of that race. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there were a few surprises, as you said, because yeah. we don't know 
who's going to pass who and is there a near miss and was there a pit stop, you know, whatever it is. But he was pretty relaxed yeah. because he's already seen the alert. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen the alert, yeah. right? We, we know who wins. We know how this ends. It ends really well for us. Yeah. Uh, Jesus wins. His followers, like, we're going to be okay. That doesn't make it easy to go through all that stuff, but at least it gives us uh, the foundation to have a different perspective yep. on some of those things. And so uh, so we can trust God in the midst of all that. And I noticed that, and I really liked what Paul wrote there on Romans 15, that, that it is just true. We, we can be filled with more joy and peace as we trust in him. Yeah. And uh, and that's helpful for us to know as leaders. I love it. Okay, so uh, optimism, it's a reasonable choice. It grows as we trust God. And number three, uh, it overflows on others. But the key is to share, not to sell. Yes. Yeah. Boy, and so know. the end of that verse right there in Romans 15, 13, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he's going to fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him. And then there's this overflowing, right, which brings uh, a, the image of water a, into mind. And so water overflows and it's going to overflow on others. And, you know, it, when water overflows, it can be a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, if water is in a cup and you're thirsty and it overflows into your mouth and quenches your thirst, that's a good overflow. Yep. If you're just walking around and somebody, you know, uh, throws water in your face, that's a bad overflow. <laughs> or if you're at the uh, at Six Flags on the on the little river ride and you don't want to get wet, that's a bad overflow. Right. So there's sometimes overflow can be good and overflow can be bad. So how as Christians can we make sure this overflow of optimism is, is met like a cool drink of water, not like a bucket of water being dumped on yep. your head. And I think there is this distinction, and I think I've learned it from Blake, this idea, uh, Blake Holmes, this difference between selling and sharing. And I think when somebody tries to sell me their optimism, it, it just kind of feels like a turnoff. You know, uh -huh. it feels like they're trying too hard. But when somebody shares with me the reasons for their optimism and shares their optimism with me, I'm, I'm very attracted to that and just go, okay, I want what you've got. That, that's really interesting. And I'm thinking about my neighbor, you know, one of the guys that I, that I started to interact with over the last uh, 12, 13 months that I was so impressed by his optimism. He never once tried to sell me on it. It was just, yeah, you know, and I mean, his job was in turmoil. Uh, he and his family all got COVID. He runs a nonprofit. And so everything, anything that any nonprofit was worried about, he was worried about, right? So everything from finances to mission to everything, he had a lot of reasons to not be optimistic, but yet he felt this peace of God and he shared those reasons when we were talking with him. And he was a joy to his family, to his neighborhood, to the block. I got to watch it all. And yeah. I'm like, that that's pretty powerful. It was overflowing in a really great way because he was sharing it. He wasn't trying to go around selling it to people. That's good. So really, I think what you, so, which is such an accountant way to look at this, um, it needs to be um, like, uh, uh, backed by data almost for you. It's kind of like he, it was, it was reasonable. He had, um, measured true reasons. He did again, he didn't, you know, stand in front of the mirror and, uh, repeat 10 things to psych himself up and then yep. go out and, you know, into the neighborhood and, and put on a face of optimism. He had, um, he had something that was true and he acted, um, out of that, I think is kind of uh, what you're saying, which I think for a leader, then one of the things, if we're thinking that kind of, we, if we make this corner here and talk about practically what you could do. Uh, one of the things is to look for those things that are true, um, that you can be optimistic about. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, there's always going to be data that is negative things that would be discouraging. There's always going to be things that are positive. Now you never don't want to disconnect from reality, but you want to be the kind of person that goes, man, I've got a great story. Did you guys hear what happened 
with this person, with this couple, in this ministry, because of this thing, because of our initiative, because we changed course here. That was great. Yep, there's two people, they hate the idea, and they might leave. Okay, but man, let's celebrate that. Yeah. Let's celebrate. There, there's some factual data that what we're doing or what we're trying to do is working out. And you want to be the kind of person who's just scanning the horizon uh, for the for some of the good news so that you can amplify that and people can believe, you know what, that is reasonable. It's true. That's, that's it's, It is working. It's slower than we thought. But yes, that's right. And that, that really is your job uh, as leaders. That'd be one of the, one of the things that uh, this, again, would look like in practice. Any, anything else, like you go, this is what optimism looks like on a Tuesday morning uh, in, in, in action. Yeah, and I, it, there's another word that's popping into my mind was sincerity. And so, yeah, maybe if I'm thinking back to my neighbor, uh, the accountant in me is skeptical. Anybody that's optimistic, especially over the last 12 months, I'm going to cross my arms and go, <laughs> what, you know, what kind of power of positive thinking are you doing uh, how are you? Are you lying to yourself? Yeah. Right. Um, and to see the data that was there and the reality that he was living in. But yet there there was a genuine joy, peace, hope, optimism. And I could see the fruit in his kids and his wife and his neighborhood and his cul-de-sac, all that kind of stuff. It There was a sincerity yeah. that I think couldn't be faked that can sometimes be faked if you feel like somebody's telling you you have to do something or you must do something. And so I think, I think some of it came across in language that was used. That's a, that's the proof of it. Um, you know, we joked on that Friday night that if anybody ever tells you, you must do something or you have to do something, the only thing that's a guarantee of is that you do not have to do what that person (laughs) (laughs) told you to do, right? Oh, you must watch this show. You must go to this restaurant. Now I'm pretty much sure I don't have to because you told me I must. But yet if somebody is like, oh, we, my wife and I have been trying this new restaurant or we've been watching this new show and we found it to be really good or really fun or really helpful, I'm like leaning in. Well, what is that? You know, because it, it's thing. just coming out of a sincere heart of just sharing uh, life. So I think I think some of it in the language that we use is another way uh, yeah. for that to uh, to be there and to, to be shown. That's good. Um, and all of that. That's good. So this is all happening in real time here. But I think another one would just be gratitude. So those people that you're thinking about, you know, on your block or uh, whatever, my hunch is your friend was just grateful for that opportunity. So yep. people went through the pandemic as uh, something. This was this horrendous and for everyone, for everyone, there was things that were horrendous to manage. It, it was. Yeah. But there was something about some people said, you know what? Um, here's the part of it that I'm grateful for. Yep. And and all those optimistic pe- people had that that turn uh, in there. Even if you got COVID, you, you know, you got COVID, you don't know if you're going to make it or not. Uh, but my hunch is your neighbor said something about, you know what? It's this has slowed us down. I'm grateful for that. Uh, we're having conversations that we probably wouldn't have had. I remember now what's important to yep. me. Uh, I'm really grateful in a, in a kind of a strange way. And I think there's this gratitude. Uh, for your job, for your role, for whatever it is um, that if you can find will make you more optimistic and will make you to both your neighbors and to your wife and to your kids, uh, the kind of person they want to be around, want to emulate, that they will be open to uh, your counsel and definitely, definitely open uh, to following. So yeah. really good. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and we, we talked that night about first Peter three fifteen, And again, just the relevancy of what, what Peter tells us here in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, right? Not Uh just to anybody who comes near you or to everybody who follows you on social media. Be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope you have. And then he even says this, but even when you answer, but do this with gentleness and with respect. And so I think we have some great instruction there on how to share, not sell. 
and let this overflow be refreshing, not be off-putting. So good. We'll load all those uh, scriptures up in uh, in the show notes so you can have. It'll be a great um, you know conversation with you know, definitely for you and definitely for your team. How could we become more optimistic? What would yeah. it look like for me to be more optimistic? If I was going to relate to you in a more optimistic tone, what's one change uh, that I could make really, really good? Um, well, let me say this. So it, it was a great talk, uh, <laughs> by the way. It was, it was a great talk. And I think it's a, it's a really helpful episode. And let me just encourage you. This is not uh, false flattery. Uh, I've seen in you the last six months an uptick in optimism. Mm. So um, that is one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to do this podcast with you. Because I, I was, um, so as I've had interactions with you, Adam, um, you know, you've been, you kind of went on on your own and you yeah. didn't know how this was going to go. But there's been, uh, even on your bad days, there's been an optimism that I have noticed mm. and that has been uh, attractive so I think in many ways you are living out the message that you just taught. Well, and it's been, it's been really fun uh, to watch. So anything else Thanks. before we go? No, I mean, what else do you want to say about me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that really, uh, that, that's really helpful to hear that. And it really is encouraging. And I, I think where, you know, there's a few messages that we get in our life when we can go around and share it, where you can just kind of leave it as is because you're just going, yeah. hey, um, if this helped me. Uh, I'm one of the worst I know, then I know it's going to be able to help you. So, and I think this is one with integrity. I go, listen, I really like being pessimistic. It is fun. And it, uh, it is, uh, it is really hard for me. And so, uh, I think I've found God's word to be helpful in this area. And I've seen some other examples of his followers who have been able to do it well, that have inspired me. And so, uh, take these things to heart. Yeah. Sit down with your team, have this conversation. Where can we be more optimistic right yeah. now? Great conversations for your family. Ask your kids, where can we be more optimistic right now? Because I, I don't want Disney World to be the only place Amen. that has optimism right now. Again, we've, we should have the corner on it. And so hopefully all of our churches and organizations right now, people could leave going, that one felt different. They're living in reality, but yet they have a hope about the future. I think this is a tone right now over the next 18 months that is going to heal a lot of wounds um, and bring a tremendous amount of peace to uh, people that all around the world right now are really hurting. And this is, this, this is a good time for us right now. And I think we've got the message and we can do it. I love it. I love it. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the church leadership podcast. If you have any questions or comments or suggestions for other future episodes, send us an email at clp at watermark.org. That's all we got for today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Well done. Nailed well done. it. Nailed it.